You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft clipping, high gain, amp in a box style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's time for the last episode. Yep, this is the last episode that we will be doing in 2018. I know. Sorry, that was kind of mean, wasn't it? I I don't know why I did that. That was awful. I wasn't going to. But yes, this is the last episode of 2018, and it's dropping on the last day of 2018. So... Before we get to everything else, I just want to, you know, give a big shout out to everybody who's, well, everybody who's sponsored the show, everybody who's listened to the show, all the guests that have come on in 2018. Obviously, the show wouldn't be worth a whole lot without actual guests coming on. And all the Patreon subscribers, everybody. It's been uh, it's been an amazing year, and I know this is cliche to say, but it's true. 2019 is is going to be even better. And I don't know how much more I can say than that, but it's really it's really been all about everybody that's listening and everybody tuning in and, and coming back each week for more internet rambling. So, you know, a huge thank you, and I hope you all have a happy new year and stay safe and warm and all that good stuff. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will continue this wonderful tone mobby weird road that we're down. So... Yeah, thanks a lot. But I also need to let you know about Gun Street Wiring Shop out of Bend, Oregon. Great, great guys making the greatest guitar wiring harnesses. If you need to upgrade, you've got some scratchy controls, you've got some busted pots, you got some weird solder joints, whatever. Maybe you're just looking for a change. Maybe you just want to change from, you know, modern wiring to vintage wiring. Maybe you want a treble bleed setup. Who knows what you need? But Gun Street Wiring Shop can fix you up. And even better, I know that Sean's going to be down there at NAM hanging out with us at the pizza party. It'll be a good time. And the pizza party is shaping up to be really fun. We, I know we still got a few more weeks to get that figured out, but um, NAM's being a little bit slow in responding to me. But yeah, we'll be doing a, a lot of stuff. There will be a lot of giveaways there. So if you're going to be at NAM. Make sure you show your face. It's going to be amazing. Rumor has it there might even be some Gun Street goodies thrown in the mix. Not saying there is, I'm not saying there isn't, but I said what I said and I stand by it. See you there. This episode is also brought to you by the wonderful folks over at Keeley Electronics. 
Who doesn't love Keeley Electronics? They've been around for a long time. Robert is one of the most amazing people in the business. And they just come out with this new series of pedals, which there honestly may not be many left. I believe they only made 30 of each SKU. They're called the X-Series. They're 149 and I, I mean, there's like 10 pedals, so I won't bother listing them all. But there's a whole bunch of pedals that they just released the other day. They all come in this custom, like, sort of prototype-style graphic. And they're all 149 And if you buy, what is it? If you buy four, you get one free? It's a pretty, it's a pretty incredible deal. And I'm guessing it's over probably the day this episode drops. So swing over to KeeleyElectronics.com and check that out. And make sure that you treat yourself before the new year is over. We hate to we hate to be going into 2019 without fresh gear. What a what a scary proposition that is. Whew. Got to start the new year off, right folks? So go to keelyelectronics.com, check it out. Make sure you check out Keely on all the socials and maybe even scroll back to some previous Tone Mob episodes cuz Robert himself has been on twice. Once, in fact, he came and hung out in the shred shed for for an episode. It was a it was a great time and a great chat. If you're curious, those are Tone Mob Podcast number eighteen. Wow, he came on early, and number fifty four. So check those out if you need a little more Keeley in your life. And lastly, before we get to the episode, I just wanted to give a small little backstory about how this one came to be because it's pretty awesome. Um. You guys might remember a few months ago, I got to catch Gaslight Anthem in Boston and did a podcast with Brian and Ian. That was amazing. But also opening for them was this gentleman, Matt Mays. And I was blown away. The performance uh, of him and his band was insanely good. And so I just randomly reached out to him here, you know, a, a few weeks ago, just to, I thought, you know, he had a lot of gear. I got to check out a lot of their guitars and stuff backstage. And it turns out that it was. It was a great time. And I just wanted to give this little intro spot. I know that he's very well known up in Canada, but most of my listeners happen to be in the States. So if you weren't familiar with him, definitely go check out his music. It's really good stuff. And if you get a chance to catch him live, he tours like crazy. So if you get a chance to catch him live, definitely do it. You will you will be in for a, a major treat. So there you go. Without further ado, on with the show with Matt Mays. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Matt Mays. How's it going, dude? Good man, it's going great. Things things uh, nice and chilly up there. Things are nice and chilly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it's a bit uh, a bit chilly tonight. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. I bet you're you are currently home in Nova Scotia, right? I'm not. I'm actually in Toronto right now. I uh, oh, I'm from Toronto. Nova Scotia, but I made the move to Toronto a little while ago. Oh, okay. Action is yeah. Ah, uh, your phone number was lying to me then. So yeah, yeah, I got the nine hundred two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Well, we'll uh, dive into it here. I uh, I don't know how many interviews like this you've done, but I'm sure there's lots of people that kind of know your story. But I'm not sure if my audience does. So maybe uh, give your musical backstory and uh, what you're doing these days and all that jazz. 
Um, sure. Yeah, I started uh, playing in a band called the Guthrie's uh, back in I don't know early two thousands, I suppose. And um, yeah, we kind of did quite a bit of touring. We played a lot in the UK, and we, we only had kind of two records. And then I went out on my own, and uh, yeah, kind of just we turned into a bit of like kind of tour monsters throughout our to 20s and 30s and um yeah kind of now I, i'm kind of working on my eighth record now so i got a lot of albums out and and uh yeah yeah sort of still full full, full time at it and things are you know uh, sort of uh spend a lot of my time in canada playing and and building a fan base and and uh, now kind of enjoying getting back down to the into the states a bit and flying it's been really been really great nice very cool yeah when did you when did you start playing guitar um, I started, I think when I was 14, 14 yeah, give or yeah. take. Yeah. My uncle had a guitar he never used and I kind of, I kind of found it pretty interesting, kind of sort of felt, uh, felt sort of like kind of new and strange and, uh, sort of that age too, you're sort of, your emotions start kind of kicking in in weird ways and stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, the, you know, learning guitar is kind of a good thing to kind of straighten some of that stuff out or make it worse, you know, one of the two. <laughs> that is true. That is there's that it usually goes one way or the other. It's not a neutral yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you remember what kind of guitar that was? Yeah, it was um a seventies Aria. It's a Japanese company. Um mm-hmm. and it's it's funny how things worked. I mean it was always a good enough guitar, but it's funny what you know time will do to a guitar. It was it used to just be kind of okay, but now now it's sort of just because of the wood is kind of getting nice and old and brittle and it's starting to sound sound twice as good as it used to it's, it's sort of a sort of kind of neat how that works but, is it uh, an acoustic it's an acoustic yeah so that's interesting my my grandpa had a 70s aria acoustic oh uh, no way and, and yeah my dad has it now but it it sounds brilliant it sounds it's got old strings on it like yeah. they, they desperately need chains they're probably 15 years old I don't know why my dad hasn't changed the rings, but it sounds <laughs> right. awesome. Yeah, man, it just says uh, something about it. It just it just sounds, you know, it's getting to the point now where you can kind of like tap on the top of it and it's just really glassy and you know, that's sort of how I kind of can tell before I even played an acoustic, you can kind of just by the feeling it, you kind of know what you're in for, you know. And and I I kind of I leave it with a friend of mine at home back in Nova Scotia cuz he's got two kids and you know, I kind of it like it's kind of nice to have a a Maybe hopefully say it'll hopefully serve the same purpose it did for me. If they ever want to play it, it'll be there. But every now and again, I go over and pick it up, and it's yeah, it just keeps getting better. It's like it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. What yeah. the where did where did you go from there? Did you continue to play acoustic mostly, or what? No, happened? there was a band in junior high uh, that I wasn't in, but they were they were they were really they're really cool band. They were called um, they were called Bark and. Uh, a bunch of 14 or 13 year olds or something. I thought they were the coolest. And, um, yeah, I kind of eventually kind of got my weaseled my way into the band. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was a big game changer. I bought a, I could play in the band, but only if I had an electric guitar. Um, but my folks said I had to wait till Christmas to get an electric guitar. So it was, it was kind of a stressful time because I was, I was really <laughs> excited to be in a rock and roll band, but I, you know, I, 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 it had four months that I had to sort of pacify them to keep convincing them to sort of keep me in the band because I was really worried they were going to get somebody else to fill my shoes or whatever. But they uh, held out, thank God, and, and um, I got a, 
a Fire Engine Red Yamaha RGX um, nice. electric guitar and a PV uh, Express 112 with the super sat knob. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes. and yeah, the rest was history. You know, it was, it was um, really, really kind of some of my favorite moments of my, my life was kind of learning my way around uh, rock and roll songs and, and, uh, you know, singing into using, you know, you know, my friend's mom's vacuum cleaner for mic stands and duct taping mics to vacuum cleaners and hanging them <laughs> from the ceiling, you know, all that, that sort of classic sort of MacGyver stuff you have to do when you're that age. And, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. So that was sort of my intro to rock and roll, I suppose. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that MacGyver stuff is, is funny to think about now, like knowing what you know, cause I, the first t- time we, well, not the very first time, but the first time, like my band and I recorded, we were, you know, about that age and we were in my grand, my grandma was the only one that had like a computer at the time. And, right. and so we used like her, uh, just like the little plug in mic that came with it. And we, <laughs> right. you know, basically right. had a, an acoustic guitar or acoustic guitars, acoustic bass and a snare drum and a hi hat. And right. We moved the how we got everything to sound right was we would move the microphone around the room until it sounded like everything was somewhat balanced. Right. (laughs) Which is the best lesson in recording ever. You know, mic placement is more important, I think, than absolutely anything else, really, in a lot of ways, other than performance, you know. So that's just kind of cool that you're at a young age sort of forced to do that just by sort of, you know, by circumstance. Yeah, we definitely had no idea what we were doing. It was just a uh, move it. Uh, it's it's a little close to the bass. It, uh, move it away from the bass, and oh, now it's too close to the that one guitar, and a lot of group singing involved, and all this stuff. And then it actually, it, I need to dig them back up. They're not as bad as they should be recording. Right, like right. Surprisingly okay ish. Um, right, right. That's <laughs> always pretty impressive. Eh? I'm sure the songs were there then. You know, something something must have been right about it. You know. Oh, I don't know. We were just doing like Dropkick Murphys covers and things like that. Uh, well, there it is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what were some what were some of those first artists that you you said you were like learning your way around rock and roll songs? What are some of the earliest tunes you remember playing? I remember Jeff who played in the who's who's sort of his band. He was sort of the leader. He had great great record collection. And um he uh, kind of got me into some really cool stuff, like Elvis Costello. I remember he bought me this year's model, uh, Elvis, that Elvis Costello record. Mm-hmm. Kind of blew my blew my face off. And um, Ooh, I hear a puppy. Yeah, that's my dog. Yeah, she's yeah, she's she's uh, excited that I'm home. Oh, what's her name? Since <laughs> she's now on the show. Yeah, her name is Ruby. She's a little miniature hey, schnauzer. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, all, all sorts of stuff. Really, I got kind of. Uh, I you know kind of got into Bob Dylan and uh, and um, and the Beatles and the Stones and you know all that sort of standard stuff and then I got super into Neil Young and but I was also into like a lot of melodic stuff with like with you know with um, which I didn't even know how good they were at the time I don't think but there's something that pulled me into them was like um, was more melodic guitar stuff like Teenage Fan Club and Matthew Sweet and bands like that that were just viciously pop and poppy but viciously loud and awesome too there's that certain sort of underlying edge in that stuff that sort of 
I love the juxtaposition of the sort of poppy songs and lyrics mixed with some really awesome guitar tones and and the, you know the right kind of attitude and and uh, and also punk rock and metal too. I kind of was just so enthralled with how it all worked and and how you could kind of kind of uh, kind of get into a certain style and it was actually somewhat doable to play some of the, in most of that stuff. It was all three chords, whether it's Bob Dylan or you know some of the Costello stuff was a little more challenging and you know but you know it was all all sort of so exciting back then because you could it was it was it was this whole world that sort of just smashed open at a, at a time when when i think in any any teenager's life when you really can it's used to sort of an outlet like that it was it was really really kind of magical hearing all those records it is kind of when you you know it's usually around that age for most people that they get into music if they were going to be a musician or a music nerd or if it's going to be a big part of their life that's usually the time it grabs and everyone kind of has that similar sort of story where it's just like i found it and then i just couldn't get enough there was so much and then there was new stuff coming out and uh, it's a it is kind of a magical time yeah totally i mean to think back that you know like uh you know the whole thinking that i was sort of a part of the sort of the last actual sort of genre was like grunge was sort of everything since then is sort of regurgitated something but it was kind of i feel super lucky looking back to be sort of a part of the 90s music scene and and being around when all those records came out and and uh you know it's kind of awesome now looking back to being you know since there are no real sort of smash out crazy genres that are changing the face of music these days i feel kind of lucky to to have been a, a small part of a of a small teenage band, you know, being a part of it back in the day, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it all starts from the smallest teenage band. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it all, it yeah. all starts there. Yeah, and grunge was kind of a cool one to have around because it was also, you know, kind of bonehead, and it really like it was a really good one <laughs> to play in, in basements. You know, it was like you know, other than garage rock, it really kind of lent itself to to this sort of simple format, and you know, pretty awesome. Yeah, that is really cool. It's a it, here's an interesting question. This could go off into the weeds and it, I have my own kind of theories on it. But being, you know, being you've been a professional musician for a long time, you'll probably have a, a good viewpoint on it. Um, so, you know, I hear a lot of people being like, oh, guitar based music is dying. You know, rock is dying, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Nobody's playing guitar because Gibson can't sell guitars and guitar centers, you know, going, you know, out of business, blah, blah, blah. Lots of doom and gloom. And I don't really think that's I think that's people ignoring the big picture. In my opinion, uh, what's your theory on it? Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I honestly don't think anybody really knows right now. I think it's such a such a strange time that I honestly I think if anybody has an opinion, I think they just are you know, want to be right about something. I don't think anybody, there's an, I don't think there's enough information or there's, you know, there's, there's, there's no indicators anymore. There's no, I, I don't know. There could be an insanely awesome young rock and roll band that are so good that you never, you know, they could just swing things around, but there really kind of, there really hasn't been anything, you know, and even if they, there, they, there was a band like that, there's, you know, they might not, I mean, I do believe cream rises to the top, but um, 
I I don't know if there's this sort of that machine that there used to be to sort of make it into a thing again. I don't think there'll ever be a thing again. I think people sort of enjoy all sorts of different genres, but just not to the not to the extreme or the level that they used to when there was ANRs ANR people like designing hits with the producers and and people along the whole line sort of getting to something along the sort of conveyor belt that, that goes and busts some sort of scene open. I don't think that exists anymore at all. There's just not simply not enough money anymore. But the love of music is still there. But I think that's why I think with uh, Spotify and the lack of sort of industry power in this as far as, you know, um, leverage with radio and just just control right. lack of control i just think it's just a bit it's just a big free-for-all now so there's going to be people who really love rock and roll there's always going to be great rock and roll bands you know and and um i think a lot of the you know i think genres might start sort of blending um blending in together and more times and i think things will be less sort of genre related and described as just this is the band. It's not, they're not this or that. They're this, this is, this is the band and you have to listen to see what kind of music it is or what they sound like. You know, I think right, just sort of right. like, like people and people and culture. And I think it's just the, the, the further we go, it's, we're just kind of turning into one sort of, one sort of life form on earth. And I think it's sort of happening with music too. And which I think is kind of cool in a lot of ways, but there will always be awesome guitar tones and there will always be, always be, there's still lots of room for wicked riffs. And even if they're over whatever electronic beat, it's, you know, the, the, there's, there's going to be, um, you know, full raw sort of stonesy sound and rock and roll bands probably in 30 years. Cause that's, that's everything kind of comes back, but I just don't think it's going to be as, as controlled into this one section like it used to be just because there's, you know, there's, uh, there's no real home for that anymore. I don't, yeah, I, I kind of agree. And I don't know that it, I don't know that we need necessarily because everything's so different now, right? Like you were talking about, everything's much more open kind of a wild, wild west type of situation versus, you know, in the, in the early days where it was basically all controlled by the, radio and the and the record labels essentially um i don't think we're gonna see a big like we're not gonna see like a rolling stones or a nirvana again i don't think necessarily but i think we're gonna have like more bands that reach more people at like a, on a smaller level you know and for instance like i don't know about like your view on it but like when I tell my my parents that like, oh, yeah, Gaslight Anthem sold out, you know, to, you know, those two shows at the House of Blues and that was packed, you know, they don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, or, you know, and then I tell other people like I went and seen uh, Jason Isbell here and, that you know, it was completely packed. And but he's still like not a household name, even even as popular as he is. And, you know, yourself to to some extent, especially up in Canada can pack a place you know and yet the general public doesn't necessarily know you know they're not household names per se i guess yeah but you reach no, more totally. of your reach more of your people i guess is what i'm getting at yeah if that yeah, makes any I, sense yeah i think so too and i think and i think when once you do have that 
I mean, I think like artists like Jason Isabel and um, and Brian Fallon, and I mean a lot of great artists uh, everywhere now. I think they're they're growing in a sort of a different way, and I think that I think if you like like what you hear and you follow them on Spotify and you and Instagram and all that, I think I think it's it might be a little more of a a higher quality sort of um, sign up, you know, like. It's mm -hmm. the, those the people who end up following you and see you and hearing that song. They're going to probably be fans forever, as opposed to I think back in the old days when they would just stuff a hit single down your throat until you kind of liked it enough to maybe go see <laughs> the band once, you know. And then then maybe like oh yeah, I was like I used to go watch them when I was a, when I was in this phase of my life. Whereas now I think if if you sort of sign up to um, sort of. Uh, uh, to to a band or an artist, I think you're probably gonna gonna be into them for life. It's a little more invested or something. This is sort of a little more of a, you know, you know, you kind of do more of a, I don't know, blood spit handshake <laughs> blood or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the with the artist, you know, it's more of a pact. I think you really sort of and you recognize that that artist needs support, and that's what I do now. It's I follow bands and I do go see them and I go and buy a t-shirt and I think a lot of you know I think a lot of fans are doing that more these days because they really kind of have a, a bit more of a, a deeper relationship with the band I mean and there's always fans with deep relationships for famous bands back in the day but but now I think it does exist just just I think um probably for more bands and and uh on maybe a bit of a I don't know just I don't know a little more of a one-on-one -on -one personable level because you can actually communicate with the artist via social media and and they are an actual person and not like Jimi Hendrix where they're an actual god and you could never meet them or DM Jimi Hendrix or whatever. <laughs> Whereas you know most of the artists that uh, I know of they're they're really connected with their fan base. And I think there's a richness in that that and a realness that it, I think really benefits a, an age like today where. There's a, you know, in the cell phone age where everybody's quite disconnected, it's nice to have something like that with something as important as your favorite artist. It's sort of that 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 um, ability to connect a little more on, on a one-on-one -on -one human element. Yeah, and I think it, the social media has a lot to do with it. And then, you know, with the magic of the internet, there's things like this, like, totally. you know, there's, it's the time, you know, you don't get get necessarily to back in the day you didn't have a hour long plus you know conversation with somebody that was recorded and put out to several thousand people like you know like i'm exactly. sure that some of your fans are going to listen to this and that's not that's not that wasn't a normal thing that could happen back in the day no totally and i mean i listen to a lot of things now like and it's made me love artists that i've already loved even more it's sort of like almost like a relief when i hear podcasts with some of my favorite artists like it's like, oh, they are a nice guy. I always thought they were, or you know, like she's super <laughs> way cooler than I even thought she was. Or, and then it's sort of like I start listening to the records again, and and uh, or listen to them differently, uh, you know. So I think it's, I think it's, it's huge, man. It's, it's great. I think it's a big reason why it's, you know, uh, I feel uh, a lot better about coming to the states. So I think, I think back when, you know, the the internet didn't have its sort of stranglehold on the music scene i think getting getting going in the states being canadian because the the it's like 
you know, it's like Trump had a wall built or something for the music scene or something back <laughs> in the day before he was even president. But because it was just, it was such a, even though we're connected um, for 4,000 miles along the, our southern border, it's still um, really tough to kind of get down there. But I like the fact that I can do, you know, kind of take it more in my own hands by actually building something with my own hands from the ground up with with just with social media and our last tour we did there with gaslight um it was really nice to i was like you know um talking to people directly through the through the uh through all my sort of platforms whatever you want to call them um Mm -hmm. and it felt really great to hear about the shows and and have people come back because we came back right away after the shows and and we I could actually see it building before my eyes, and it was just it was because of what my band and I were doing, and what my 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 experiences was like connecting with the fans that were coming out, and the, the people who are newly interested in the band. You can kind of keep them around and keep them interested, and uh, it's nice to know that I'm not just coming back to Canada blindfolded again and sort of like oh, hopefully people like my my music down there, and maybe we'll come back when I come back. But now I can actually remind people and, and uh, keep in their lives a bit, you know, by posting stuff because they follow me and they'll know when I'm coming down. I think that's really nice as an artist to have a bit of control like how, as far as that goes. It's not like having to mail fan mail back and forth over a week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> it's it's instant conversation you're having with somebody, you know. You can set up question things and whatever people want and just keep it cool. And it's just a cool vibe to have and, you know, you meet some really great people and it's just nice to be in touch with cool people in new cities, you know? So yeah. that, 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 that's, you know, there's ups and downs, but that's definitely one of the ups for me is, is having that, those lines sort of open. Yeah. That's, that's nice that you think of it that way. Cause some, some people don't, you know, some people view it as a, a one way, uh, sort of conversation. And I think you're, your people would appreciate the back and forth for sure. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like when people have like an iPad in my face in the front row, it's like, I kind of want to like, you know, you know, whack them across the face. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, you know, but it's, I, I think there's a time and a place for it, but I think it's, it's a real great tool on, on both, on both for both parties, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to st- kind of go to a different section of the conversation. This has been really nice though. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you, if you know this or not, but I was kind of like, I was, I was, I, I was really introduced to you by uh, Ian from Gaslight. He was like, we were hanging out the day of that My show. My bruv. Yeah, dude, guy's the best. He just lives down the street from me in Toronto. That's what he, I was going to say that like, you're in the yeah. same city now. Yeah. We're Toronto homies. Yeah. We're in the six. Uh, me and him and Drake. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Are you hanging out with Drake right now? Is he the one that was like making dishes noise? He was there? making the dog sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's get Drake on. <laughs> let's talk to Drake. <laughs> um, but he was like, "Hey, uh, have you have you seen Matt play? You know, Madness Band." I'm like, "I don't think so." And he said, "He said, dude, make sure you're there for that." He's like, "It's." they're they're gonna put on one of the best shows you've ever seen and he was not lying it was fantastic so just that was uh, my introduction nice i was like i was like man these guys killed it i think i did an instagram story or something about it so 
Yeah, um, he's he's the sweetest man. He's he's a great. He's good, too good to us. All those guys are. But that's uh, yeah, that's nice. That's great. I'm glad he did that. Uh, he he wasn't. Uh, I mean, we were going to watch it anyway. But then I, you know, he set pretty high expectations that were that were definitely <laughs> met. So good job. Right on. Right on. <laughs> but I noticed that uh, you guys you swap guitars a lot. Both I both do, guys and I don't know the other your other guitar player's name, but um, Ryan is a lefty and Adam is um is the right handed guy who's actually on my left. But okay, um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, we do we do quite a few changes. Yeah, yeah. I um, is that key changes or just I like this guitar for this song? I kind of I'm I, well since there's three of us three of us playing guitars we were really kind of careful about what parts we're playing like we're, we we make sure that nobody's playing the same thing usually unless it's something we want to have you know thickened up or something but usually mm-hmm. the three of us are never playing the same thing all at the same time so i uh, having um you know having a bunch of single coils can be a little much to sort of to help define parts so we we work with the kind of the style of guitar that's why i play rick 12 string a lot um and sort of, you know, Rickenbacker 12 strings, you, you don't play them like on a normal electric guitar. I would take it on like a totally different instrument, you know? So um, it's it, that's why I kind of play that quite a bit. So it, it's got its own sort of spot in the mix. But um, I think it's, it's, it's partly because I sort of hear a certain sound for a certain part, and same as the guys. But we also sort of work in, who okay, who's playing what? What's going to be best on what part? So it kind of helps carve out um, everybody in the mix a little more, and and uh, you know sometimes there's just like a sometimes there's just like a jaguar part. It's like oh that riff, you know, or or it was done on the album a certain way, and you kind of get used to hearing a real trashy single coil on it, or or uh, or whatever else, you know. So you get used to that, and it's it fits the it fits the riff or whatever. That sort of to me, it's worth the the change in guitars, so we can kind of have have the right guitar for the right riff. You guys were very, I could tell you'd done it a time or two. You guys were very fast with the guitar changes. Oh, that's good to hear. We've been working on it. Sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm just kicking over cans up there and just trying to find, <laughs> a, find, find somewhere to plug my cable into. But yeah, no, it's, uh, that's good to hear. I remember there was one particular move you did that it just, you like just kind of, it looked like you just dropped the guitar onto you somehow. And then without looking, you plugged it in, and I was like, "How did he do that?" I'm always fumbling <laughs> around, like <laughs> jamming things. In. Yeah, like that's good. That, you, you caught me on a good night, man. That's I don't even I don't I don't I'll be able to do that again. I'm, I must have been having a real good night because that. Uh, yeah, normally I'm like I'm plugging the cable into my nose or something. I'm so you know <laughs> shaking up there, but uh, that's good. <laughs> nice, nice. What's your uh, What's your pedal board look like? Uh, I've got, um, I've been using, um, a diamond, uh, overdrive these days. It's just a really great drive. It's diamonds, a great pedal from uh, the East coast of Canada. And they're, they're actually quite renowned, I think, uh, outside of North America too. And in the, in the States, oh, they're definitely. great, great. Yeah. They're, which is great to see cause they've, I've sort of been using them for, since they started, it's nice to see them do so well, but um yeah i got the 902 drive which is really great it's um it's got a it's like it's i kind of i was using a tube screamer before um which i really do like and i you know i kind of go back and forth and 
but it's something about the 902 is a little to me a little trashier or something it's a little it's a little more aggro which i kind of have been liking these days i mean sort of um it sort of it just fits with this lineup you know and um i also have their compressor which i really like it's a great compressor super versatile and it's good for a boost too i don't use, i don't have a boost boost i have a i use the compressor to do any kind of sort of clean boost it uh it really kind of works well and the other one I have from Diamond is the um, Octafuzz or the F, mm -hmm. the the uh, the Octave slash Fuzz pedal, the the uh, Purple People Eater I call it. Um, nice. It's uh, yeah, it's sort of the go bonkers pedal. It's just it's it's you know it's not for every every song, but it's pretty cool. It does weird things, and um, I also have. Uh, I just got one of those Russian, uh, the um, Electro Harmonics, uh, Russian Big Muff reissues, just the small guys. Um, oh, yeah, those are great. It's awesome. I, as soon as I, what was that, Steve's, my local guitar store here, and I was like, I got to go try this thing, because I love Soviet Big Muffs, and I've, I've been in the market for one, because it's just, I've, I love them so much. Um, I don't, I used to have one, but I sold it like an idiot. But um, as soon as I plugged it in, I was like, I was like, floored how good it sounded for, i mean for the price it's about a thousand percent cheaper than an original and it sounds you know not quite the same but i don't even know if i would i would know the difference i mean i if if you put the guts of that and an old old rusty one I, I don't know if i'd know i'd still be super impressed and it's just a killer pedal i also have a strymon deco yes mm, uh, yes doubler rig which is uh, just a magnificent pedal. It's just such a, it's just such a neat pedal. It's just so many cool things. And, um, My favorite Strymon. Yeah, is it? Yeah, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Definitely. I love the Deco. Yeah, it's really a great, a great rig. Um, I got, I used the Canyon, uh, Canyon for. I like it because it's it's pretty versatile. It's got the Electro Harmonics Canyon Verb pedal. Mm -hmm. um, and uh because I, I like some of the weirdness on it too for you know things i like i use some backwards stuff here and there and it's just on to save room on a pedal board it's got a lot of cool things that i that i like um and i got the um that uh synthes synth nine pedal two electro harmonics and i got the the mellotron one and those I mostly kind of use in the studio, but uh, sometimes I'll use them live for things, depending on which song. But um, that's a pretty substantial board you got. That covers a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty, it gets goes from pretty, pretty classic to some pretty weird stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 all it's all good stuff. I also awesome. I really like Union pedals too. They're pretty awesome my friend of mine works for the company too they're really great great pedals as well canadian which is cool so what was the name of the company again? uh union oh the one, union, really... is that union is that, that uh, union tube and transistor yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay i know them yeah yeah they're, they're really vicious cool. pedals yeah awesome. they're yeah vicious pedals and they're simple and awesome yeah, they're just great. Simple and all. There's a lot of great gear companies up there, honestly. Uh, yeah, you got totally. Empress up there, you know. Yeah, my, that's right too. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, Adam um, and the band just got that effects. new Empress uh, verb, that the one in the white box there. It's uh, uh, the newer one in the white box. Anyways, it's awesome. <laughs> what it's called, but uh, it's uh, a great, great one. The reverb or the delay? I think the delay the, is in the white box. Yeah, the yeah. I think it was I think the echo system. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. That was it's yeah, there's not much that can't do. It's no, pretty, exactly. That's the thing with those. Yeah, that's the thing. Empress are good at that. I mean you can really you can really mess around. I mean, I sort of I tend to like uh those for the studio because I kinda have more time and with me I'm always dancing around and doing something that I kicks a certain pedal. So for me <laughs> the less knobs the better, you know. <laughs> Usually so I like pedals I can adjust with my toes, you know. Um mm -hmm. because I often do that because I'm on the go and I don't want to sort of lose connection with the crowd by bending down and nobody wants to see that unless you're doing something cool like Greenwood or something, you know, you don't want to be, be banging on your pedal board when you're trying to, you know, get a song across. So I, I, you know, I tend to use simpler pedals, but however, those Empress ones though, like something like knobby pedals or, or, and even Strymons too, there's, they have so many options that are kind of nice to, nice to geek out with. Yeah. Have you seen those? I think they're called the the wing nut, I think is what they are. They're for turning so. you, you replace your knobs with them and you can uh, turn them with your toes easier. Oh, no way. Oh, that's Yeah, a they're game like a changer. little plastic. Yeah, they're they're I don't think they're that I think it's called the wing nut. I'd have to google it to make sure. But it's like a it's like a little plastic thing that you you just, you know, you pop the set screw out of your knob and put this on your pot and then um, you can just Wiggle your toe on there. Okay, that's great. That's great. I like that. <laughs> yeah. The pedal board's going to double in size in just one phone call. That's great. <laughs> I tend to have that effect on people. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's uh, definitely like, audio. I there. love they listening. Got, oh, go ahead. They, they got a couple pedals. that They have a reverb one that's just two huge knobs that i really like yes i've seen a few people hook them on a mic stands and use them for vocals and they're just super it's like a musical instrument you know it's really really awesome i guess on yeah, the docket those guys make crazy stuff. yeah yeah very nice yeah the total nice. sonic annihilation one i think it's called that total no tonal yeah it's, it's just annihilation in it yep. anyways i want one of those I think is list. that the one that they just redid and came yeah. out with a new version? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly okay. it. Yeah, yeah, those guys yeah. are cool. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, I got a fuzz war in here. There's, I should honestly have more of their stuff. It's yeah, yeah, those are wicked too. Uh, they sort of on my list. You know, I mean, the, the ever the never ending list. But yeah, those are those things sound awesome. It is really a never ending list, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, because pedals are dangerous, man. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, if you if you look at it, it's so sort of like, you know, buying, you know, uh, baseball cards when you're a kid. You can, you know, can't really afford a new pack of them, but you can kind of scrape enough together to to get one, and then you want you want to get the full set, and you know, it's sort of like that. <laughs> They're affordable. Pedals are kind of just affordable enough to be able to go. Ah, you know, sure, why not? And, you know, and then you sort of, you, you develop a bit of a problem because they're just so fun. They're colorful, they're shiny, and they got, you know, they do cool things. And, 
you know, it's it's like it's such a neat thing to collect because they're all so individually, uh, the, the characteristics are all so wild and different. And they're just like a bunch of colorful little buds that you get to hang out with, you know. And I think that's uh, right. You know, I think, and the, the the fact that they are kind of affordable, you can get them even like you can get cool pedals for a hundred bucks or cheaper on whatever Craigslist. You know, it's just it's never ending. You know, they're they're they just give such happiness to to people and to guitar players that you know it's a great hobby. It's it's true. Pedals do provide a lot of happiness. I don't get enough credit. Yeah, they're awesome. You know, I think uh, I respect. You know, I think a lot of the time in the studio, I go straight in. And I get that too. There's something really exhilarating about that, and it feels sounds awesome. But, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to. I never want to knock pedals because they're. They're just, you know, it's just the, the, your, um, your palette just gets so much bigger and they'll give you ideas and, you know, you do, you know, do t tones. You've, I mean, especially when you've been playing guitar for 25 years and you hear something that just, that just makes you feel something, you know, weird, like warbly pedals and there's a certain amount of emotion you can get out of something that might lead to a cool riff or whatever, you know, it's just pedals rule. Yeah, and and there's some things like there's certain pedals that I have that like they're the only things that do that or sound like that. So if you want that sound, you have to have that pedal exactly. to do that. Yep. It that there's just things that straight in just cannot be done. That just cannot it cannot exist. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what's pretty cool about some of those, you know. It can be some some guitar players, it's just that's their sound and they they just have that pedal, and it's. I think that's pretty cool too. It's a real connection. Mm -hmm. So, you, speaking of going straight in, what kind of amps do you uh, you rock? Um, my main go to for the last good while is uh, um, I got a I got a uh, a sixty six Fender Deluxe Blackface, but it's kind of mm. unique because it's got. Um, I didn't do the mod, but uh, it's got six cell sixes instead of six v sixes in it uh or the oh other interesting around. uh no yeah it, so it, it breaks up a lot sooner so it's a really dirty amp so it starts kind of getting a little getting a little uh little little nasty at around like four and a half or something which is cool because i weird. run yeah it's 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 an awesome amp it's really it's 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 really still balanced well it sounds sounds like a fender it's great but uh it um, I usually run it with uh, a Vox AC30, so when I hit my my boost, uh, usually the um, the uh, the Fender just goes bananas, you know, uh, in a good way, and the and then the, it's sort of um, the Vox sort of has the headroom to sort of keep some of the clarity. So if you're in solos and stuff, it kind of have a certain amount of annihilation <laughs> and uh, a mix with a certain <laughs> amount of uh, British clarity. So it's it's um it's kind of it's a, a mixture that I've sort of grown to really really kind of get used to and and I play uh, some hollow bodies and I've learned to sort of work with the the feedback you know in a creative sort of way and sort of learn how it works with them so I kind of stuck with them for a while because I really kind of know what's going to happen most times you know to some extent there's always weird. Um, sonic surprises every show that are kind of half the fun, but uh, 
but yeah, yeah, one of them is a bit of a kind of loose cannon, and then the other one sort of kind of tried, tested, and you know, clear and loud, and you know, cuts like an AC30 does, right? So it's a good combination. I run them both all at the same time, and just by volume and volume up and down, and my guitar or or my boost really kind of affects the, you know, affects the way they they kind of act together. So. Um, so I was just thinking, what are you using to split the signal? Um, I just got, I usually just, um, I have a AB box thingy. I forget which kind. And then sometimes I just put it, I just do the, the this, the, just out of one of the outputs and in because they're passive outs on the fender or the, or the box. And I just sort of jump them together. Oh, gotcha. I didn't realize that they were passive. I thought they yeah, were yeah. All the outs on all those amps are uh, inputs are also outputs. They 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 oh. carry the signal. Yeah. So Sh if you can't get, I know. Well, I guess yeah. If you're jumpering them, that guess that makes sense. Like I, I've always yeah. known about that, but I didn't yeah. realize it would go the other way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if you've got yeah, I mean either until a tech told me once, and it was just like, oh, that makes it easy. And, I mean, they still sound good to me. I think it's. I think I. It's better when you have a a B box or something balanced or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm not too super picky with that because I really, you know, it's, it always seems to sound good enough for me. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I learn. You know, I learn something new every day. Today, I learned that. Yeah, it's about amps I own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do you find uh, with the Vox, like I, in my experience is fairly limited with AC style amps, but mm -hmm. the ones I have had hanging around for a little bit, they were tended to be very picky with their overdrive pedals. Do you find that or because I because Brian did not Brian Fallon did not find that at all. He was like, nah, they love my drive pedals. So what's your experience? Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't I, I, I think it sounds great. I think you can you can it always is gonna sound like Vox. It's not gonna nothing's gonna take that away, right? It's such a I I think it all depends on the pedal too, you know. I think Brian uses really straight up like awesome drives, like really great overdrives and, and I try to stick to the same thing and I think that style of pedal works really great with something like a Vox. It's just it's it's just you're sort of just adding to what's already there in a really and I think in a sort of high quality way I think you know and it depends on how how you're running it and whatever blah 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 but I I've I've never had a problem with that at all no interesting yeah very interesting yeah do you uh do you remember when you started getting into gear like yeah like cuz I had like a turning point like I I was like oh what do you mean this crate doesn't sound very good it sounds good to me and then I heard some better stuff and it was like oh I had an epiphany like do you remember that moment i do yeah i um i, I didn't say that word right epiphany <laughs> epiphone <laughs> it's, it's like, i said epiphany epiphany, epiphany like, yeah it's, it's just epiphone with the emphasis on the different syllable there the fastest on the different <laughs> syllable um right yeah i remember uh hearing a lot about fender amps and i was really sort of um uh I was actually really, I think I was super into Chris Isaac at the time. I got Forever Blue, and I think I was looking at photos or something in some magazine, and they were at these beautiful, like, Fender Twin amps or something. And uh, so I saw one at my local guitar store in Halifax, and 
I think I had a, I think I traded a amp and a guitar for it or something like that. But I, I bought a seventy, I think it was like a seventy three, seventy four silver face uh, twin with twin mm -hmm. reverb, and it, uh, it had a master volume sort of modded into it. But I remember taking it, um, taking it to, up to my my room and and uh, plugging it in. And it had like you know the reverb tank obviously, and just the two like a tube amp. I had heard of tube amps, and I played it in the shop, and I could tell. But taking it home to like my sort of mini little studio where I was used to sounds and used to my really you know garbage amp, whatever I was playing at the time, it was really mind blowing hearing how nice a, a Fender tube amp sounded. I was like, okay, I get it, that's it. And then that was sort of it. And then I got really into you know, and then my parents left and then I turned it up to 10 and then I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's it. That really sort of, you know, hammered the last nail in the coffin in that department. I just became <laughs> like, oh, wow, this is awesome. This is, sounds like everything I love, you know, and then that was it. And then I sort of got into pedals and whatever, but, uh, but that was a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us have those times. Yeah. You, you probably talked to way more actual well, you definitely talked to way more actual like working musicians than I do, but I've noticed a trend where it's like there's gear heads and then there's and then some guys just aren't. They just like I have a strat and a tube screamer and I'm good. Yeah. And they don't ever like they don't ever get that gear bug, which is good for their wallet. But I, I don't understand like that. Like I can't even hardly wrap my mind around that. Yeah, I know. And what, what what bugs me is that some of those guys have like the best tone out of anybody. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true. You know, it's sort of like uh, it's it's all in the hands, really. You know, this because I've I've played enough gigs with enough bands over the years where you you start realizing that you know it's you know the guys you know, or the girls who have the best tone. It's they it's always in their hands because I've seen some of my favorite players like. One of my favorite guitar players named uh, Mick Davis, he plays in a band from Canada called um, the Novaks. And we toured with him, and I was like, man, I can't wait to see Mick's rig, you know. And, but he just, you know, had some, you know, middle-of-the-road telly into, like, a Roland cube amp. And, you know, it was, like, the <laughs> most vicious rock. And he knows how to play guitar. I mean, he's a, he's a just a demon. He can, you know, he's rock. He just, he is, uh, he is just one human riff, man. And, uh, and but he yeah he doesn't he doesn't care about that stuff he's just like whatever he's almost like past that you know he's sort of you know and uh, I think my I think the best guitar player in the world he's actually from my hometown his name's Garrett Mason he's an insane blues player and same with him he kind of got so good that he was sort of over playing nice guitars he just his tone sounds actually he's so good at playing guitar that he got it just started sounding like. I think he was just hearing something sort of scrappier and wanted a bit of a, a bit of a fight and a bit of a challenge. So he started he started starts playing sort of these awesome like pawn shop guitars and and uh, and just 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 not you know not bad guitars, just character guitars. And, and uh, he just it just it just sounds even better than if he was on some really slick strat or something like that. You know, it just it's just vicious. And I because just because his hands are insane, he's been just playing since he can remember before he can remember. I just, I, I think it's just, uh, there's the type of person who gets into that sort of, into the details because it's just fun and, and it's interesting. And then there's others that uh, 
that are sort of more about the source, I think, and sort of just want to kind of sort of stick to what they know. And it's sort of like, that's their sort of, that's their sort of praying ground is like that. That's just the, the song itself or the guitar itself or whatever, which is, which is cool. Cause you know, both parties get along great and make great music together, but, uh, it, it is interesting, but, um, I think all in all, it really just is in the hands where that's where tone is, is, uh, is generated for sure. It's no, no pedal in the world can make somebody have a great tone. I've, I've seen people plug into the seriously nice gear and it's like, how could you make that gear sound bad? And it's, <laughs> but they do, they somehow make it sound horrible. And I don't, you know, not to be too judgmental, but, but it's, you know, it would be hard to make a, you know, a Fender super reverb sound bad but some people can manage you know but again some people can make a you know a cube a rolling cube amp sound like the most vicious rock and roll amp ever it's the beautiful thing about it you gotta sort of kind of had to have it in the hands yeah it's it's interesting uh, i i i've always kind of been of the camp that's like you know because there's some guys that like that are very adamant about it doesn't matter what you're playing uh, it is all in the hands and I, I, I know what they're saying, but like, I'm talking like, like online trolley guys. Yeah. Like, right. It's not entirely true. Cause I was like, my argument is always like, if that was entirely true, then cannibal corpse would play ukuleles. Like <laughs> totally you have to have certain aspects of certain things to get certain sounds. Oh, totally. Like yeah. That's no contest, but, but you know, pedals have made bands who they are and you know, like, and uh, I agree totally, you know, like Fu Manchu without, you know, fuzz pedals would not be Fu Manchu, you know, or, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a thing. I mean, like, look at the edge from you too. I mean, the thing is though, he, you know, if you hear his playing without all those effects on there, it wouldn't sound like the same songs, but his hands are so good though. Like he works those effects so well, like, but he still has killer hands underneath those those that those layers of delay and all everything it's still you can tell what the edge's source is is really there you know that's true yeah i think i think it's always a, it's a, it's always a combination yeah i mean you know certain guys are going to they're going to make certain things sound better for sure and that's always going to be the case and i've i've seen and heard that you know like man what are you playing like oh that could have tricked me you were playing into a you know PV Rage or something like <laughs> yeah. sounded like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like I don't know. Like you got some got some magic fingers, and yeah. I've definitely met those people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I I I agree to that. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think I think having good gear only kind of takes you so far, and then you know I think the real the 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 ones we all look up to, they just had this sort of this special touch, you know, and that's what makes them who they are, and that's what's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, that's why I have all these weird effects. Is because like if I turn this synthesizer on, you won't recognize that I'm not that good. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing with me. Me too. I'm pretty ham-fisted, so I I rely heavily on my uh, my fuzz pedals and my delays and reverbs. It's become a a part of my playing. Well, the good thing is you 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 know they can really uh, you know use use those effects musically, and and I think I'm guy that's part of my tone is 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 I'm sort of maybe better at using, you know, 
verbs and applying them in a certain way and that's sort of into that then just sort of straight up uh my guitar playing i try to sort of try to cater to my handicaps a little bit of being a bit ham-fisted and things and try to put most of my energy into working on what i'm maybe a little bit better at or whatever no i feel that i definitely feel that it, yeah. it's you do have to learn like how to use pedals you have to learn how the uh, they respond and how to how to do it like there it would sound very different if if you didn't really know what to expect or how it would feel totally and i mean there's the emotional part of it too i think you know the I think the, the the huge part of what makes a good guitar solo a guitar solo is the emotion that's into it and everything you know like I want like guitar players' whole life to go into it everything they're pissed off about everything they're happy about whatever you know so sometimes like if I'm really mad or in a bad spot in my life or really happy whatever you know and I'm playing guitar solo and I have I have like a whatever the Russian big muff to stomp on and then it's just like kaboom and then I get like it just turns into something really special in it. And that's a, it's a tool that it's just a little button under my foot, but it really helps me get to where I need to go emotionally. And, and, uh, I'm trying to like rip my Bigsby off in a rage or whatever. It's like, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it really, uh, it takes me there, you know, and uh, without that, without that pedal, I wouldn't have maybe have gotten there or whatever, you know, it's like, you really start like what you're hearing and your amps, do something different and you feel like they're like your boxing coaches in your corner your amps and they, they kind of are like screaming yawn to sort of to get the knockout you know and it's sort of that wouldn't happen without without the pedal for me you know i like that analogy that's pretty cool right on yeah yeah you sort of don't feel like you're uh sort of alone you sort of you're you're sort of a you got your team in place <laughs> Nice. That's very nice. Well, we are getting getting close to the hour mark. I got a couple couple more questions for you. Sure. One of them is not so much a question, but it, an opportunity for you to like kind of put up a billboard and you could put whatever you want on it and have, you know, what what is something you would like the listeners to take away? And it doesn't have to be it can be music related or whatever. It can be anything. Um I, I I think I try to live by this sort of motto. Uh, it's, uh, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And uh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, you know, I think it's in this day and age, really, it's really easy to get caught up in something that's really not worth getting caught up on, and and uh, we only have a certain amount of energy to expend. So you kind of have to really be careful about how you expend it and who you expend it with, and to and. And uh, just save it, save all your energy for the good stuff, you know, and let, let, let all that other stuff, uh, it's not, it's not worth your attention and your, your energy, you know. So that's just, this kind of just keep, it's pretty much, just keep it real, <laughs> I guess. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> the main thing. We got to focus on the, the main, main thing. The main thing, like, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's fantastic. You I'm going to probably that, use yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. It's written on the side of a crab house in Newport Beach, and uh, I stole it from there. <laughs> oh, oh, this is not an original. <laughs> no, it's not mine. You find no. inspiration. The place is called the Crab Cooker. Places. Yeah, the Crab Cooker in Newport Beach. They have it outside their door. So, yeah, I've, I, I took it on from them, yeah. That's fantastic. 
Yeah. I love that. It is good. Yeah. Very, very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, and then uh, we're not quite to the last question, but where can people find you and all of that jazz? Um, well, I'm all over the internet. I'm on Instagram. That's sort of my one I'm, I mainly sort of interact with, but I'm everywhere. But it's Matt Mays Music. Um, and it's just my name, Matt Mays, M-A-Y-S, on uh, Facebook and uh, and .com, mattmays.com, all that, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to, to get in touch with. If you want to talk more gear, anybody out there, I'm always down for a gear geek out. Um, yeah, I'm nice. uh, I'm around. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. And this is the last question. And this one is this one's the the tough one. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like to answer it because it's kind of like a make or break careers type of situation. So I hope you're comfortable. <laughs> okay. Hit me. What kind of pizza do you like? What kind of pizza do I like? Um, mm-hmm. you're right, man. This is, uh, you're bringing out the big guns here, man. Um, yep. Uh, I, um, I think, um, I'm a, f- I don't want to be boring here, but I, I think I, well, I like two kinds. There's, there's, there's not one kind of pizza. There's two kinds. There's like sort of the, the good pizza and the good pizza, you know? Um, okay. There's like the hangover pizza, which is like your, you know, your Domino's sort of thing um and then there's like your which which i do sort of like sort of loaded up with stuff um like you know tomatoes green peppers mushrooms and pepperoni that's my my go-to but then then i'll for as far as like good pizza good pizza i'll go with like a classic margarita you know with with the mm-hmm. good cheese and the burnt you know bottom you know brooklyn sort of uh style um sort of uh Defara Brooklyn style of pizza, I guess. It's, yeah. it's my favorite all time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, good, good stuff. Yeah. I feel you. I yeah. feel you. You're right. There is good pizza and good pizza. That's that's true. I kind of, yeah. there's, there's no bad pizza. Foods. Yeah. Well, there is. There is, you know what? There's actually pizza. It. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, uh, yeah. I've had it. I didn't think that. I used to not think that, but I, I've had a pizza that I, the place I used to work, I, I've told this before, but the place I used to work um, would order pizza from this one place. And it was the only place that it was out of necessity because it was the only place that would deliver and we couldn't really leave the facility. Right. And honestly, it got to a point where I would just take all the toppings off of it and throw the, the crust completely in the garbage because it was the worst crust ever. Right. It was terrible. Yeah. And I, I'm like. This has to be pretty bad for me to do that. The guy I do that with little Caesars. Yeah, no. The guy who can't make a pizza taste good is the same guy that can't plug a telly into a you know a fender and make it sound good. You know, <laughs> it's the same dude. It is. It probably is actually the same person. Yeah, just the poor fella just can't get it right. You know, but uh, <laughs> he's just can't pro- walk and chew gum. Super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Horrible at chewing gum and walking, you know. Probably, <laughs> it's such you know, a complicated process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but you know, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's probably as good of a place to wrap up as any, so I guess I'll uh I'll do it. Sure, sure. So, for Matt, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. <laughs> All right, that does it. That's the final episode of 2018. 
all wrapped up with a nice little bow on it and put away. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Again, make sure you check out Matt's music. I think you're really going to like it. It's, it's really awesome stuff. And if you want more Tone Mob in your life, my good friend Justin Porter came over and him and I sat down and did about an hour of reminiscing about 2018. We talked about some of our favorite gear. We talked about burgers. But uh, yeah, we talked, a, we talked a lot for a while because it had been a while since we got to podcast together. And that can be found over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash ToneMob is a place where you can go support the show. And for as little as five bucks a month, you will get extra episodes every week. Boom, right into your favorite podcast player. And you will be the only ones that get to listen to them. So if you head over there right now, you can check out that $5 level, and that is where all the extra content comes in. There's a few additional levels you can check out to see if anything works for you. If you want to hear the rundown of 2018, at least from our perspective, that's where you go check it out. Thank you for listening, and as always, please tell a friend if you if you enjoyed this episode and if you got to this point, just take those extra few minutes and look over at your buddy across the desk and say, hey... You play guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know this cool guitar podcast, and it's over here. That would mean the world to me. Um, honestly, like I say, there's no reason to do this if nobody's listening. And and there are a lot of you, but there could be more, and it would be amazing if there were more. But other than that, I will see you guys at NAM. Whoever's coming down, please look me up. Please shoot me a message, an email, a carrier pigeon, and say hi. And keep posted, or keep posted, whatever. Keep an eye on Facebook and the other socials for details on the pizza party if you're going to be there. So we will be nomming some pizza and giving away lots of awesome stuff. So keep your eyes peeled on that and I will try to keep the details coming as much as possible. Again, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week and Happy New Year! One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. 
I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.